and welcome to DigFin Vox, Voices in Digital Finance. I'm your host, James DiBiazio. If you like the program, give us a like, subscribe, let the algorithms at YouTube know. My guest today is Kelvin Lay, co-founder and CEO of Akmon, a Hong Kong wealth tech. I spoke with Kelvin about big robo-advisory trends in Hong Kong and mainland China, whether it's serving banks and other institutions or going direct to consumers. Calvin Lay from Akamon, welcome to Digfin Vox. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I'm uh, looking forward to this. Uh, I've I've known you, uh, the, sort of the the company Magnum, and then your your business Akamon and WealthTech. Uh, watched it grow. Uh, you've got an an interesting, diverse model. Uh, before we get into that, I would like to get your thoughts on where do you think wealth tech in Asia is right now? What what do you see happening? Yeah, thanks, um, uh, James. Uh, it's my pleasure to be on your podcast. Um, actually, uh, we've been talking this almost uh, uh, every quarter, or, or we catch up uh, uh, very regularly uh, regarding uh, wealth tech development in in Asia. Uh, actually, in the past, uh, uh, I see in the past two years, uh, actually under the backdrop of this uh, COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. uh, we do see the wealth tech is still growing very fast among you know, uh, institutions, especially in Asia, mm-hmm. uh, that reflects from our, you know, top line. Uh, we are growing almost like a 400% uh, from our top line revenue last year. And even in the very uh, bad, you know, market conditions earlier uh, in the first half, we still grow almost 300% in terms of revenue. It all because the, the financial institutions uh, they are looking into more and more, you know, wealth tech solutions to facilitate their end clients and to give uh, scientific investment uh, methods uh, to their retail or to their uh, wealth management clients. So I do see the trend is still growing, uh, even though the financial market has got hit very hard in, in terms of uh, the, the Fed hiking and also the war and uh, COVID-19. But still, um, you know, the demand is there because they have these needs uh, to change their business model into more, you know, systematic, automatic, and data-driven uh, wealth management uh, um, solutions. And um, the clients we we reached are, you know, the the banks, especially virtual banks, uh, securities house, uh, wealth managers, uh, insurance companies. And also some other, you know, uh, investment platforms, and yeah. their needs is uh, uh, pretty simple. They just want to uh, upgrade their system uh, and uh, get ready for the next wave. What is the difference? Uh, so it sounds like there isn't a huge difference amongst these clients from your perspective. The the need is the similar, and so you're delivering. The difference is just, I guess, integrating into their particular systems. Yeah, uh, we divided into uh, two categories, uh, two big categories of the demand. The first one is to have this portfolio uh, construction system. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, we have this robot advisor as a service, uh, which can just uh, plug into, you know, the financial institution system to let their clients to have long-term asset location uh, investment method. And the second part. Uh, we call it 
the the selection part. You know, if mm. we this if the institution have more than like one thousand mutual funds, if they have like several thousands of ETFs, we can help them to select the best uh, mutual funds slash ETFs uh, using the algorithm using the scientific uh, uh, way to to do the to do the investment. So, so that, that would be customized per per user rather than just a, a selection for that institution to like you know buckets that they can sell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I think both in both sides, uh, the the institutions are looking for the solutions uh, as well as you know they want to enhance their um, uh, user journey, right? Mm -hmm. They want to enhance the UI UX to give better solutions for their clients. What's the difference when you work with um, a, a very retail, consumer-facing, high street type of bank or brokerage or agency versus, uh, you know, do, do you also do work in the wealth management private banking space? Yeah, that's two different categories of uh, clients' uh, profile. Uh, for example, when we cropped with retail banks or large uh, securities house, their target clients are, you know, the the investors who are lacking of the RM's uh, uh, careness and the investment amount is less than, you know, um, 1 billion Hong Kong dollar and they have no RM to cover them. So these clients, we offer, you know, robot advisors, this kind of system to their clients. But for the uh, wealth management uh, or like private banking clients, uh, their needs is quite different, right? They need uh, the analysis of their current holdings. Uh, actually, this year they need a lot of this uh, analysis because a lot of them is uh, suffering the loss, and they need some very scientific asset allocation advice. So that is all empowered by our algorithm engine, and uh, we provide this kind of service to private banking clients. So if you're on a private banking world, you would be using Akmon to. Uh, not just create very basic long-term portfolios, but also the data to try to basically provide color or <clears throat> give the RMs, the relationship managers, a um, a way to paint a story, whether that story is good news or bad news. Yeah, exactly. We do see this uh, needs from a lot of like a top um, uh, third-party EAMs, the family office. Mm -hmm. and also uh, private banking uh, institutions uh, from our side. And uh, their RMs need to be empowered from this scientific or data-driven uh, ways to persuade their clients that what you are having now is having different like uh, like uh, problems. So for example, too concentrated in Asia, too concentrated on like high-yield bonds, and uh, what's the factors that is influencing uh, your performance. Mm -hmm. uh, these kind of diagnosis of their portfolio is very popular uh, and uh, can gain their clients um, confidence uh, or trust uh, in, in a very short term. And then we can give them more color on what's happening in the world and uh, what's the allocation uh, you should do from the perspective of a quantitative method. What is the way that you see the, I guess the, the way you slot into that value proposition for the private banking side? For the consumer bank, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, you probably are most of the long-term investment proposition or the retirement savings scheme. You know, they might co they might white label it under the bank's name, but essentially they only need what you have. Whereas for a private bank, 
they're supposed to be doing a lot more than than that i would think right so um you know they're supposed to either selling a lot more sophisticated products or they're supposed to be doing a lot more handholding or what what however it is that they they justify um you know the the fancy offices and the and, and keep those fancy clients yeah. so so do they even talk about akamon as being part of the mix i mean are, are you do you have any you know sort of client facing visibility in that story or are you just a very small piece of their machine uh actually we have this business model of the SaaS model since last year we mm -hmm. got the you know uh regulators uh, approval to connect with the financial institutions so now you know the financial institutions they if they are using our robotized as a service uh, model uh, they their end clients can see our brand, so okay. then their end clients can they, they will know that all the procedures, all the algorithm behind this, and the you know the regulation part is you know done by Acumon. So this is a, a, a very um, significant upgrade from our side uh, for uh, wealth managers for you know some uh, private banking clients. Uh, we. Uh, you know, the enabler of this uh, quantitative uh, uh, power with those RMs. And uh, for this part, uh, we are partnering a ship with a lot of uh, per, banker, uh, per banking clients. And uh, uh, they will trust us because we may send some of the, our scientists to talk to, to their end clients. And uh, uh, I think for all the institutions we cooperate with in GBA area, more than like 80 uh, different kind of financial institutions. Uh, most of them treat us as a partnership and not just a, a vendor. Yeah. Right. What does that say about the state of whether it's consumer or private banking? Um, where do you see those industries going from your perspective as this SaaS provider? I think it's the biggest trend, right? If you do things that is uh, on-premise or like tailor-made for each of the clients, then it's um, the the from the corporate perspective, it's not a very profitable business, and uh, you cannot uh, expand to a, a bigger uh, bigger market. Mm -hmm. uh, if you can standardize the procedure, if you can do things that is modulized and can offer different kind of um, products with different levels to the end clients, then your business uh, is. You know, uh, can expand to different, uh, you know, region. For example, where uh, I'm going to Singapore uh, next week to talk to more institutions over there, mm -hmm. and uh, you can expand your business in different regions because of this uh, SaaS model. What's the difference of between uh, selling this model to uh, institutions in in Hong Kong or Singapore versus uh, mainland China? Uh, Hong Kong and Singapore, the both sharing the the same um, logic or value in terms of uh, as a you know financial uh, hub in Asia, mm -hmm. and uh, the cities both have you know uh, similar you know infrastructure in terms of global investment, uh, global talents, and also the other you know facilities of the investment. Uh, so I do think uh, this. Uh, two areas can share some of the uh, models uh, together. So you can see a lot of robot devices, two zero devices come to Hong Kong because they think you know they can expand to Hong Kong in a, a similar way. 
Right. But in mainland China, it's uh, quite different because, you know, it's uh, it's uh, a, a financial market that has uh, capital control, uh, have different kind of uh, regulation method and a different uh, law system. So when we do business there, uh, we have the license, um, private, bank, uh, private fund management license, PFM license in, in mainland China. This right. gave, gives us a lot of... Uh, credit to do business over there. If we are not having any license to uh in, in, in mainland China, actually we can't do anything because the regulator is now is now very, very right. strict. Beyond beyond having the you know the need to have a license to operate in mainland China, what is the demand like? Um on the one hand, the banks themselves are generally considered not as sophisticated as banks in uh you know an international financial center. At the same time, the client base is much more, um, maybe this is a little outdated, but uh, traditionally would be much more used to having financial services and all kinds of services uh, you know, on their phone, much more mobile ready, um, baked into a, you know, one of the big ecosystems there. So uh, whereas you know, in Hong Kong, at least up until maybe up until COVID, that would not be the case. Maybe it's changing here now. So what is business like in mainland China compared to outside uh, in terms of what they need from you, what banks want? Yeah, I think that's a very uh, good question. Uh, what's our observation is that, you know, the IT infrastructure among the financial institutions in uh, mainland China is much stronger, uh, much more advanced than those uh, abroad. Uh, for example, the clients we are covering, um, you know, uh, in Hong Kong, even they are like Chinese institutions, they are sharing some of their IT uh, talents where their their you know uh, mother bank in in mainland China. Mm -hmm. So their entire you know the APP, uh, the transaction, uh, you know, the IT infrastructure is very advanced and make us easier to corrupt with them. Okay, uh, because everything we do is based on uh, electronic trading, automatic trading platform. If you don't have this uh, platform or the platform is, you know, uh, rendered out with uh, the third party, which is very out outdated, actually we cannot plug in our uh, service to their end clients. Right. Some of the Hong Kong uh, institutions, for example, the insurance companies, they like our solutions very much. But when we talk to them, we find that their fundamental IT infrastructure is so lagging behind that we cannot do this kind of business. Right. So, so when that, I, I made that assumption that the banks are less sophisticated man in China, which may be true in a business case or a credit lending case, but in terms of the IT and the setup, uh, you're saying that I'm wrong and that they're actually way ahead, maybe because they're younger and so they've built better. Yeah. You know, in uh, for example, uh, China Merchant Bank, right? How many IT... Uh, talents do they have? 10,000. 10,000 in Shenzhen. So that's a really big force. So when we, we cooperate with them, uh, for example, one of our uh, biggest clients is the CMB Winlong Bank, they, they are sharing some of the IT talents with the China Merchant Bank in, in Shenzhen. So when we develop our robot advisor with them, it's, it's, it is really smooth, right? right? They know the product, they know how to plugged in, they know how to connect the APIs. You know, that's that's the advanced part. But uh, 
as you said, for example, uh, when related to uh, financial markets, when related to the investment uh, overseas, right? Mm -hmm. Because the 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 markets uh, in Hong Kong, actually Hong Kong is a very open market. You can invest directly to the Europe or to the US, to Japan. Yeah. And they need a very scientific way to guide them. So that's why we are existing and we can provide our service to their end clients. Right. So in, in China, it's it's much faster to integrate. Their IT is better in that regard. Um, but I, what they can do with it is more limited because of capital controls and and uh, controls on, on where assets can move. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. that's the opportunity. Mm. Yeah. Um, with the Greater Bay Area as a... As a, as a theme, uh, I think we all expect things will open up over time. COVID's obviously delayed a lot of that. Um, mm -hmm. But how do you see that impacting wealth management and wealth tech? Uh, in, you know, we already have some some connections via the stock exchange. We've got the Wealth Management Connect scheme and so on, but it's very early days. You're in the heart of this. Where do you see it going? What is the thing that people should really think about when they're looking at what this GBA concept means? Yeah, I think the GBA concept is, uh, you know, that I, I call it the super, um, super connection uh, in terms of people, in terms of uh, capital uh, in and outflow, and also the data connection uh, between Hong Kong and the mainland China. And I think it's uh, the biggest advantage um, of Hong Kong compared mm -hmm. to Singapore, right? Now, Singapore is so hard. Everybody is talking about Singapore, everybody goes to Singapore. But remember, right? Only Hong Kong have this advantage of this ETF uh, connection, uh, uh, you know, the the wealth management connection, swap connection, you know, all these kind of things that is directly to the uh, financial markets in mainland China, which is very large pool in terms of the money and the the, the inflow. So I think we should, um, you know, grab this opportunity of this GB area and all the connection channels um, of the of the you know capital markets to uh, for the next wave, right? Even though uh, now it's uh, pretty influenced by the uh, Fed hiking at this moment, but I do think in the future, this is gonna be the biggest uh, opportunity for Hong Kong. You came out of uh, University of Science and Technology here in Hong Kong. Uh, you and your co-founder started the company there. Uh, but there's not that many um, well-known tech su success stories in this city. We have lots of fin, tend to be a bit light on the tech. Yet over in Shenzhen, we have lots of tech. Um, is People like to talk about this could be married up somehow. We could leverage one or the other. Um, when it comes to the technology companies, is that realistic? Uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, uh, Everything is, you know, from the fundamental. For for example, if you are going to do some uh, fintech, you know, you need to have these uh, uh, talents that is married together, right? One side is, you know, the financial guys, and the other side is the IT guys. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody came together. They are looking for one purpose, that is to uh, have a very big market to grow their business. You know, that's why in mainland China, you can see a lot of uh, fintech companies that can grow very fast, for example, on finance and the other other uh, other guys doing business over there in the past uh, 10 years, they grow very, very fast because mm -hmm. they have a huge population base and their um, adoption of the um, 
electronic trading platform or the other kind of uh, fintech uh, products can uh, be very fast. But in Hong Kong, it's limited, right? The 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 city only have like seven million people. Uh, I have to say this thing, uh, even though uh, you know the population is not that big, but Hong Kong has the advantage of the deep pocket, right? The right. the the average wealth of Hong Kong people is pretty high, uh, even in uh, even among the uh, among the world. So we need to figure out which part we are good at, right? You can't do be both good at the IT thing and also good at the, the financing. So we'll, for example, Acumon, we are doing things in wealth management part. So we focus uh, heavily on the R&D of the AI strategies, right? That's the key and the core part of Acumon. And, uh, but uh, we are not just uh, selling this as a quantitative hedge fund. We wrap it up, but put into an IT system that can plug into uh, financial institutions can empower more uh, of their uh, uh, end clients. That's our message. We've seen some of the robo-advisors facing consumers in Singapore start to hit some pretty big AUM numbers. Um, and Dallas now is doing around $2 billion. Where are you with your AUM and, and how far away are you from being profitable on that side? Uh, yeah, we are growing very fast. As I said, the, the top line of the revenue is uh, growing like uh, uh, three times or four times uh, per year. Uh, and uh, we are about to achieve uh, break even, uh, so which is uh, good news in even in the financial markets like this. And uh, the uh, business method or, or the model is slightly different uh, in Hong Kong and in Singapore. Because in Singapore, we find that, you know, the, the clients is more, um, you know, um, um, used to the SaaS allocation concept. But in Hong Kong, maybe it's a uh, it's a slightly like a lagging behind. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do think uh, a lot of the financial institutions that they are trying to onboard RoboAdvisor or the other digital wealth management uh, methods, it is getting better. So okay. um, yeah, I think different business model generates different um, companies and uh, we just want to be a great company. You raised about 30 billion in a pre-series B uh, late last year um, from your various uh, venture backers. Uh, do you have any more funding needs going forward? Yeah, uh, actually I see the news that in terms of the FinTech areas, uh, there are only two, you know, areas that is uh, still growing in terms of VC activities. Uh, one of them is uh, uh, wealth tech. Mm -hmm. We do have uh, a lot of the VCs that is still looking at our company, and uh, we are talking, uh, keep talking to them. Uh, but uh, you know, their uh, their this their mode is uh, quite influenced by the secondary market. So yes. not in a hurry because our uh, business is growing very fast. And you have enough runway to last out this rocky period? Yeah, of course. Okay, that's uh, good to have. Um, you also announced, uh, I think it was um, earlier this year, uh, a program with um, Two Sigma, which is a well-known quant house in the US. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you're doing with those guys. Yeah, we uh, actually it's um, it's uh, you know the, the cooperation is because we share the same view of the business. Um, mm -hmm. Both of the companies is driven by data scientists, 
So that's the way we can cooperate because we are speaking the same language. Mm-hmm. And thanks to uh, Kenny, the CEO of um, Two Sigma Asia, uh, he, uh, you know, uh, make the impossible possible, right? They are very large, uh, you know, uh, hedge fund in quantitative side, and we are startup in Hong Kong. Um, now we are uh, cooperating in uh, a risk analysis tool called uh, Two Sigma One, and then we uh, embed this uh, very amazing uh, product into our platform. And we can offer this um, uh, risk analysis tool to our uh, institutional clients. Uh, it has been uh, really uh, successful uh, with our institutional uh, clients. Yeah, it sounds like on the on that data analytics and w- of which risk management would be a part. Sounds like there's a lot of innovation happening um, and a lot of uh, sophistication that you're building in. But yeah. the but the robo products themselves are meant to be kind of pretty boring, long-term investment, uh, you know, safe retirement kind of stuff. Um, what is the, do you, do you see the product itself will, will stay at that very traditional, you know, mission, or do you see the technology is going to evolve into other things? Oh yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. Uh, actually, I, um, uh, I talked to my colleagues, I talked to different like investors that robot advisor should not be like things like at this moment, mm-hmm. right? The U.S. players, Badminton and the Westfront, if you can see their product, they are not changing it in the, in the past 13 years. Mm-hmm. That's a problem, right? So why uh, we try so many new things? We try different kind of strategies. We, you know, uh, we had, you know, uh, smart hedging, smart rotation, uh, like a crypto assets into our portfolio, uh, like directly indexing uh, different kind of other satellite portfolios, because we want to enhance this uh, concept. That is, uh, you know, robot analysis will not limit itself only to as location. It should be more than that. It should be core and satellite. And uh, as long as it is data driven, it is you know using quantitative scientific methods to achieve your investment goals, that is RoboAdvisor. It can be a very, very big concept. And what about, we, um, yeah, what, what about the gamification trend that we saw with you know, Robinhood or eToro, these kinds of brokerage services? Um, is there a role for gamification in what you do or is that, um, or is that negative? You know, those gamification is only to accelerate their trading uh, mm-hmm. activities. You know, it's... Um, uh, it's not a it's not a case with uh, it's not should not, should not be the case with uh, long term investment or truly a management uh, method because if you are trading uh, frequently like uh, what Robinhood has offering it's not good for you so I don't I don't but I do accept we should improve our UI UX make it more uh, user friendly uh, in terms of wealth management. Mm-hmm. Last question, Kelvin, and thanks for your time today. Is uh, what do you think? Where will the wealth tech industry in Hong Kong be? Let's say in a year from now, what are we going to be talking about? Uh, we are seeing actually because we are doing business with a large institutions, so we 
uh, do see a lot of the institutions they are launching their uh, robot advisor in the next uh, uh, six to eight months. Uh, so we will see a new landscape of the digital wealth management industry in Hong Kong. And uh, uh, also with the uh, connections in uh, with mainland China, uh, and I do think uh, there's a new money flow into the Hong Kong's wealth management industry. Uh, so I do believe that this uh, industry can have a you know huge upside in the in the next year or two. Great. Well, look, it's been it's been a pleasure to speak with you today. Thank you for joining me on Digifin Vox. Thank you, thank you, Jane, and talk to you later. Yeah. Okay.